0: Sound
1: check, 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 one, two.
0: This is the 217 Recovery
1: Podcast
0: with Corey Winfield. He knows as soon as he gives a tour, he's gonna give her his heart to her, too.
1: And we'll have <laughs> kids and get married.
0: That's too far. <laughs> <laughs> it is Christmas Eve.
1: It's, Christmas Eve. it's December 24th. 2022 my name is Corey winfield my name
2: is marnie winfield
1: and this is the 217 recovery podcast christmas eve edition from the car again
2: yes coming from the car
1: yeah and we're driving through a I'm use the air quotes here blizzard mm-hmm. uh in michigan we're in south haven right this moment and we're noticing like we could have got an oil change because the oil change place was open here Gas is two sixty nine. That's pretty crazy.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, uh, we could have tried the Royal Crispy Chicken from Burger King. They're 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 open today. McDonald's was open, which is kind of shocking to me because not only is it Christmas Eve, but it's a blizzard. Right. Like, I don't know, man. It seems like they're paying these people like time and a half, maybe, maybe not. I, I, don't, know. So. I don't know how that works. But hey, well, more power to them, and hopefully that they're having a nice easy christmas eve doing their jobs.
2: And sadly but expectedly, all the liquor stores are plowed and open.
1: Oh yeah, you got you got to keep the liquor stores open. And it what is ironic is um, when I was listening to 1310 the ticket, is my favorite radio station, only one I really listen to out of Dallas, Texas, they were talking about liquor and the packaged liquor stores being closed on christmas and on monday. And they were saying that there there were people trying to fight that law because you can't buy liquor or beer on Sundays in Texas. I know Arkansas was like that, too. Um, Michigan, you can buy 7 a.m., baby, you know, Sundays, it don't matter. But in Texas, they were trying to fight that. But it was ironic because the people that were against opening the liquor stores were, in fact, the liquor stores.
2: Right, they want to have their time off with their families.
1: Yeah, and they don't want to pay people time and a half. And people are so used to liquor stores being closed on Sundays that everybody, like you did when you lived in Texas, and I did, and when I lived in Arkansas, you'd stock up before. You know, so if people are already stocking up before, what's the point of being open on Christmas? So you have to pay your employees time and a half to sit around and not really sell much, or, or are those people like, oh, I don't want to stock up now; I can get it tomorrow. You know, like, people like us who were hardcore alcoholics, like, we we knew how to get it. We knew, we you know, what to do. So, you know, for your average guy who's driving by, oh, yeah, I want to get a six-pack of beer. You know, like, that's not us. Like, we're stocking up with a half gallons and stuff, you know. So, it, it's just, it was just interesting to me that it was the actual companies, <laughs> the liquor stores that were against it. You know, I, was, I thought that was weird. But then you start thinking about it, and it, no, it, it makes total sense, really.
2: And it's one of those sad memory lane kind of things where, you know, that's how my brain worked
1: back then. Yeah. Well, that was the most important thing to us. It wasn't making sure you had the gift for mom or everything was wrapped and ready to go. No, it was, okay, got to get the liquor first. Then we can head out and do whatever we need to do. You know, it was, that was first, you know, and we don't have to live that way anymore. Thank God. You know, when I woke up today, it was just like, I prayed and thanked the Lord for everything that has happened in my life, you know, the good and the bad, you know, I had to go through the bad and they say this, you know, that you have to go through the darkness to see the light, but to appreciate what I have today, you know, I spent, you know, Christmas we did with my father and that was the first Christmas I spent with him and I don't even know, 20, 30 years, maybe Yeah. like it's insane how long it's been. That's a
2: true miracle.
1: And they gave us a card, and I was reading it, and, like, I got some hot sauce in my eye. Started tearing up a little bit. tears. It. Yeah. But they were, they were happy tears, and I just had a lot of happy tears in the last day and a half. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I feel silly sometimes because I just will just start tearing up and crying, you know, for no reason. And, and they are happy tears, you know. I'm not sad, but just to know, like, where my life was. You know, four years ago today, I was still in jail
0: yeah.
1: waiting for my mom to come get me because I got out on Christmas Eve. And it was like some weekend thing where they had to put an alcohol tether on me. So they weren't going to let me out until I had that. But the way the weekend fell, like I had to spend like two extra days in the jail to wait for this tether. And then Christmas Eve, they were only open to like two or three. And so I'm like trying to get in touch with my mom saying, when are you going to come get me? And she's like, I'll be there soon. I'll be there in a little bit. I'll be there. And she starts heading towards the wrong jail because I went to the courthouse in Niles and that's where they you know, took me from the court to the jail, you know, they took me in back or whatever. And then they transported me back to St. Joe, Bent Harbor or whatever. And so my mom was for some reason thinking that I was in the Niles jail. So she's driving, which is way further for her, Mm -hmm. you know, than the Bent Harbor St. Joe. So she was going to the wrong, sorry, I got (laughs) a frog. She's going to the wrong jail. And I'm, like, freaking out because they're like, well, the tether guy leaves, and if you don't have that on you, then you're, spend, you're spending Christmas Eve, Christmas. And they after however long, they were closed, you know, and I'm like, oh, no. But I got out, and everything was, was good, and I got my tether, tether on. And But that's where I was four years ago. And to think about that, and I had no, no plan. I had no idea what was going on. I hadn't been sentenced yet for my OWI case, so I, I, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was going to happen. It's kind of a a bunch of nerves, and I remember I asked for a microphone for Christmas, and that's when I got my first microphone that we started the podcast with. Was I was was that you know, and it was like thirty bucks, or maybe they gave me a gift card, and that's what I bought with it. I think maybe that's how it went, but yeah, and I had no idea. I I was you know like a lot of people out there right now. You know, it's Christmas. There's, and especially in Michigan here, there's a blizzard, pretty much the whole state. And if you're sitting at home, I mean, what an excuse. Sorry I can't come over. I just got my, my liquor here with me is going to keep me company, and I just won't answer the phone or whatever you, you do. And it doesn't take much for your brain to start going down that path of, like, hey, this sounds like a good idea. And yeah. You're isolated. and
2: It is a true equation for for a disaster. And, you know, I got a call from, from a person who's in the fellowship and, you know, he said he's been getting phone calls from people who, you know, are, have relapsed that were sober for, you know, not a long period of time. And, you know, they're like, I don't know what to do. You know, this sucks. Like, what should I do? And the, the question, you know, when you're faced with that, that question, it's not like you can fix somebody over the phone or you can. You know, turn it around from where you're at. But what you can do is, you know, encourage that person to, you know, just say, you don't need to keep doing this. Like, whatever you're doing, you don't have to keep doing it. You know, so I sent out a bunch of emails for, or texts about, you know, there's meetings online, regardless if it's a snowstorm here and it seems like the world shut down. You can always get online and find a, a Zoom meeting and hear some individuals, you know, talking about their experience, strength, and hope, and, and share about what you're going through, you know. You don't have to be 100% sober to get on a Zoom meeting. And you know, as long as you can be respectful and, and function, you know, you're welcome there. So, you know, hop on a Zoom meeting. Do whatever you can just to remind yourself that things, things were better when you were sober, even if they weren't exactly how you wanted them to be, you know, doing what you're doing and, and drinking yourself back into the, you know, into the
1: depths of disaster is not the answer it's it's hard to because once you get in that mindset but you know like when you first start drinking at least i did that one of those last times it was like this isn't fun my brain lied to me my brain told me i was going to feel like this and this buzz was going to be so much better and then i started drinking i'm like this this sucks this isn't what i I was told you know but of course i kept drinking because i i just couldn't stop you know but if you can have the willpower to pull yourself out of that, you know, or whatever it is, you know, that's great. You know, like I said, for me, it was really hard to, and yeah, there aren't meetings. And if it takes a bunch of meetings, you know, if you're just hitting meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting online, nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. You meet some interesting people, you know, get some, get some email addresses or whatever you need to do, but there's definitely better options and you just got to convince yourself that your brain is freaking lying to you (laughs) because it is. Mm -hmm. And whether you have three months clean, six months clean, five years clean, like you're doing better sober. I mean, nothing ever good ever, ever happened to me when I was drinking. No, nothing ever was better. It was always worse. And then the next day it was even worse because of the stuff that I had said or did. And I was talking to my dad last night and in 2018 in like April or something like that I had, I had sent him this mean text and I was drunk and you know I was just throwing out you did this you did that blah 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 and you know that, that's how I was feeling at that moment and later when I did write him a letter to apologize I didn't apologize for sending him the text I apologized for how that made him feel and I let him know that the sober Corey I think I had two years at that time before I sent him that letter. I would have never sent that to him. I would have handled that in a much better better manner and better situation. It looks like we're coming up on something that Marnie's afraid of here on the road. What's going on? <laughs> what would you point at?
2: Oh, no, I didn't point at anything. I was just seeing the snowdrifts.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, it's fun. I mean, this is fun. We have all-wheel drive, of course. But that doesn't mean that black ice can't take you off the road. Covert state champs basketball 1965 class D. It was a couple more years on there, too, but I couldn't read them. They're covered in snow. Um, anyway, yeah, so that, that's how our trip's going. But when I realized that, though, um, you know, and then sent that letter to my dad, and we were talking about it last night. And you know, he said that he was proud of me for reaching out to him because I, I could have just been like, well, I messed up. I sent him a letter that I'm not proud of. Or I sent him a text message that I'm not, I'm not proud of. Um, I'm just never going to talk to him again because he's a jerk. And he, he didn't reach out to me yet. Mm-hmm. You know, because when I got out of jail, I remember, because like I said, it was like April when I, when I sent that text. And then all the other stuff happened in jail again. And, and so I didn't talk to him in, what, eight months? And I did send him a text on Christmas. And I said, Merry Christmas. And I never got anything back.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so i just kind of thought well all right man you know and i guess that was a half-assed attempt to to make it up but uh he never sent it back so i was just kind of like all right whatever man but
2: the other thing too is is he had no idea where you were really at with things you know you have the last interaction our last communication was just this like
1: drunken drunken anger
2: and you know to take the to take the chance that is, I don't know, is he still in that headspace? Is he still, you know, is he, is he really truly saying Merry Christmas or, you know, how do I even respond to that? So until you really truly opened up and, you know, took the chance on writing that letter and kind of just saying what's what and where you were at today, I mean, that's where it really the doors open to your relationship again,
0: mm-hmm.
2: which I mean, it, anybody can do that. Anybody who's has that same situation, whether it's, you know, close family or your children, you know, like anything, if you take that chance, when things start clearing up and making sense, you know, and you don't have to get into details, but just saying, you know, where you were at and where you're at now are two totally different things. And just see what, you know, where that takes you.
1: Yeah, and it's not like I just was like, I'm going to write, I'm going to write him a letter it took me months and months and months to think about what I wanted to put in that letter.
0: Mm-hmm, and
1: then, did. you know, it took me a minute to write it all and, you know, to get it how I wanted it. And I could have been, I could have said, Oh, sorry that I texted your dad. And sorry, but I, but I wasn't, you know, and, and the fact that I was trying to relay that you can't change the past and I wasn't perfect. He wasn't perfect, you know, but let's move on from here. You know, where can we go from here? You know, and I, I felt, especially with two years clean, like a completely different person than, than when I was drinking and in, in and out of trying to be sober. And so it, it was a way different mind frame mindset. It, it was all different. And I, I really started handling things differently, you know, like, I don't want to say normal person because I know people that are technically normal that would have not handled that correctly. And I don't know. He just told me he was proud of me for, you know, I guess not being the bigger man, but to, to understand that, no, we can't change the past. I can't take that text back. You can't unread it, you know, but where do we go from here?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, and we still both have hopefully a lot of years left. You know, why would we waste those over something that we can't change that I'm not proud of, you know, and did everything happen the way he wanted it to? No. You know, and I I started also learning that, you know, there's two sides to every story and maybe I I shouldn't hold him or find him guilty (laughs) in the Corey court of law uh, (laughs) for stuff that I have, I have no idea about, you know, and there, and there's no sense of trying to point blame at other people either. You know, it's just like, Hey, it it is what it is. You know, how can I move forward with my life? That truck is stuck. Was that a Ford? Yes. (laughs) Saying, "Ford, nothing was buried. That thing is not getting out anytime soon." But those are those are things that you learn along the way. And when you start learning stuff like that, and you start acting different, you know, pat yourself on the back. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's 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 a real accomplishment for you.
2: I think another piece of that too was is that after you put that mail or that letter in the mail, it was like you know you didn't know if he was going to respond at all. Right. And if he did respond, what he was going to say. And so, I mean, that was nerve wracking for you. I mean, I was with you when, you know, when you were kind of like, ooh, like, what is, what's, what is going to be the response? Of, and is there is, gonna, is there going to be one? But at that point, like you said, your piece, you know, you took responsibility for what you want to take responsibility for. And most importantly, you shared, like, this is where I'm at now. Like, this is how I'm doing now. And that's all you could do. That's all you had control of. You know, and from there, you know, the rest was kind of like, it was God's will, you know, and we're completely grateful that he responded how he did and, you know, we ended up, and now we just spent a holiday with him, you know, a a nice family holiday, which is completely a blessing, so. Yeah,
1: he moved back from Arizona, you know, to Michigan and.
2: And none of that would have happened if you wouldn't have sent that letter. I bet you anything.
1: I mean, he probably would have moved back to Michigan, but.
2: No, I know, but I mean, like, where? what kind of interaction would there have been? Like, how? you know, I guarantee you, like, the whole butterfly effect, I doubt, I highly doubt it would have been in that home, you know, celebrating Christmas.
1: Yeah. I remember you were worried. Well, not worried, but you were, like, throwing it out there, like, are you ready? And if you want, you can go back to 2020 and listen to the podcast right around now. I think I sent it around Christmas maybe a little after Christmas but you'll you'll hear me talking about it you know I think one of them might even be titled the letter you know or response to the letter you know there was I I was talking about on the podcast you know because the podcast helps me you know helps me process things and and helps helps me talk and uh, I remember you were like are you prepared you know if things don't go how you want it to or if he doesn't answer or you know maybe you know are you prepared for that and You know, I I wasn't sure, but I kind of was like, well, yeah, you know, I kind of had to be
0: right?
1: um, just kind of open to, is he going to be like, Hey, yeah, son, everything's great. Or is is he not going to respond? Is he going to tell me off for sending him that letter? You know, like, or send him that text, you know, where, where, where's it going to go and what's it going to be? But again, I started learning too in sobriety, like don't freak out about things that haven't happened yet. and take them as they come and i think that really kind of helped me like ground myself and prepare myself like this is gonna go any direction yeah you know don't freak out if it doesn't go your way you know and i think that's you were real crucial and kind of helped me understand that too and and that all kind of went into the letter and me writing it but you know those relationships that you think that you screwed up so bad that you can't come back from like it's not true. And, and man, maybe there are some that you can't come back from and that's fine too, because you are where you're at today. And you know, not all relationships can be prepared. I mean, there's people that I told off or said things to that I'm not going to send a letter to.
2: Right. And the important piece too here is that that was 100%, obviously a relationship worth, worth salvaging, Yeah, you know, worth taking the chance on and the potential of what it could be. I mean, we're not saying write letters to, to, people that are unhealthy for you or that are are not going to be beneficial to have back in your life right like you know but this was a whole this was a whole different thing and it turned out to have a beautiful resolve yeah
1: and we had some tabasco hot sauce in mind. <laughs> and <had> happy tears <laughs> that was good and your family were going over there my great-grandma was killed right here Ran a stop sign. stone I know that's this horrible theater of the mind for people listening, but I, we just passed it. Um, never got to meet her. That was my mom's grandma. She was going to my mom's dance recital, actually. So.
2: This is the play by play that you get
1: while, mm, when you're doing podcasts yeah, it, on the road. It, it makes no sense to anybody, but you know, the snow, it was pretty. <laughs> There's a lot of it. But we're making it there slowly but surely. You know, yeah, yeah. But your family, though, like, are you excited to go there?
2: I am. I'm. I mean, it's everything with this this blizzard. It's almost like ever since COVID, it's like the unpredictability of people showing up for things that were planned has kind of like multiplied
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> on
2: what the chances are of that actually materializing. And it's like you kind of have to be okay with it, you know, and. My mom was even saying, like, I don't even know if your brother's going to make it down from where he is right now, because he's in the Sioux, and, you know, with his wife's family. So Sioux St. Marie? Yeah. All right, we'll be fine. So it is what it is, and we're just kind of, like, one step at a time, one day at a time. And, um, yeah, so we're hoping to to visit with them for the day after Christmas. So I'll get back to our kitties and... Mm -hmm.
1: hear another crazy story about this road that there's a dead end sign right like back there like if you're driving on the road and you see like a sign like hey here's a turn you know the big yellow signs well there was a guy riding his motorcycle and i think he was around my sister's age so he's like 10 years younger than me 10 12 years younger than me anyway he thought it'd be a good idea to reach out and touch the sign and it ripped his arm off oh my god true story look it up that's what's up you gotta be careful so if you're riding a motorcycle thinking, hey, this would be a great idea to smack that sign. Yeah. I don't know why you'd think that. because, Yeah, but no, it'll, it'll rip your arm off. Just saying. A lot of memories in this road. <laughs> They're all bad ones, this one. <laughs> this road around now, like literally. Yeah. I mean, nothing but bad memories. Yeah. So we're, we're coming into my hometown of Coloma. Now, this is more of like they call it Hager Hager Township or whatever but not really Hager but yeah we're going past a Little Pawpaw Lake and yeah and some of these memories like and when you go back home if you live away or whatever and you come back home to your old stomping grounds you're like oh I used to buy weed from that guy or I used to drink over there or whatever you know like don't let that intimidate you to think that you can't Go past there again, you know.
2: Just keep on driving.
1: Yeah, just don't stop by there. Like, that's where a lot of meth people live, right there. Meth, don't ever try it. If you've never tried it, don't. I'm just saying. This public service announcement. And Drive Slow and blizzards. that's my other one. There you
2: go.
1: But, yeah. Um, I don't know if that was a Happy Christmas Eve podcast or not.
2: We're a little all over the place, but. Yeah, I'm driving,
1: you know, it's Blizzard.
2: And we wanted to get one done. So.
1: Yeah, proud of myself because a lot of people wouldn't do a podcast when they're driving in a blizzard. <laughs> Psh, wussies. And no, and yeah, and I want to give a shout out to my my boy Adam. Um,
2: two Adam years. Brothers. Two years,
1: right? Yeah, Adam Brothers got he said a little over two years, and he was telling a story on his podcast that he had a two-year coin. And then he relapsed, but his daughter ended up having the coin. Well, she's going to see him at Christmas and bring that same coin back to him. So he's kind of pumped that he's getting that coin back. And for him, there's a lot of meaning in that. And and Adam's doing great. He and his significant other started a podcast. And he had sent me a a picture of a mixing board that they got as a Rodecaster Pro, which we got, um, I don't know, a year and a half, two years maybe. Mm -hmm. We got it a while ago. But yeah, it, it makes a difference. And he was all excited about that. And they did a, a podcast with it and he was pretty pumped about it. And it sounded really good too. So I um, just want to give him a shout out and tell him again, congrats on the two years and congrats on, on starting something, you know, and he's kind of like me, like, are we trying to reach a million people with our podcast? Nah, you know, we're doing it for us and it keeps us sober and, you know, more power to him. Yeah, you know, and, and the stuff that he says and him and his, Sean uh, Sean, him and his I don't want to say old lady but him and his girlfriend you know like the stuff that they share is is different than the sh- stuff we share but it but it's not because it's, it's from the heart and it's it's them telling stories like they were talking about Christmas and in memories on Christmas and Adam was talking about you know how he remembered you know always being drinking around when he was young and he didn't start drinking stuff at that time but he just remembers like there was always drinking around and he also remembers when his mom got sober. He said she was sober for about 10 years and, and how different it was. Yeah. You know, how, what a better Christmas it was. So it was interesting, you know. So if you want some more podcasts, you know, you can listen to 739 of our episodes plus this one. Or, you know, if you want to check out Adam's, it's called the Stone Soup Recovery Podcast. You know, check them out. and Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. But, you know, give him give a listen and, and see if that's something you can relate to. And if you um, want to listen to our next episode, we'd appreciate that as well.
2: Yeah, for
1: sure. We might do it from the road or we might do it from our studio or our road studio. Who knows?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Got options now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but thanks for listening and have a Merry Christmas with your family and do your best to, to be sober and, and to have your best Christmas, you know?
2: Yeah, everyone have a safe holiday and we'll see you next time.